Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We're studying the Bible and our purpose is to follow Christ. So we want to look at the words that Christ has given us, the words that we've been given from God to paint a picture for us how to follow Christ. We're working our way through 1 John. 1 John is a letter that the Apostle John wrote to a a group of churches in the area of Ephesus. They were struggling with how to live out their faith, how to be followers of Christ. This is episode 11, and we're looking at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. John is addressing true followers of Christ now. He was making the contrast of those who say they're following Christ, but really aren't, versus those who are actually following Christ, and and the proof of that is how they live. He's giving real-world principles of of how to be a follower of Christ in the real world. And so he's addressing now how to even deal with the world. So let's read 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. He begins with this idea, do not love the world or the things in the world. One of the first things you may notice here is in John's Gospel, John 3.16, a, a very famous passage, John quotes Jesus as saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the message of salvation. The whole reason that Christ came into the world was because of God's love for the world. Now, John is saying here in verse 15, Do not love the world. Well, God loves the world. Shouldn't we love the world? Well, be careful with language here. Just as we use the same word in different meanings with different contexts, so does John, specifically the word world. Now, in uh, John's writings in the Bible, we can have three different meanings for world. It can be referring to the created universe the world, the the planet Earth, and and everything on it. The second meaning for world could be the people of the world, meaning all people. And the third meaning refers to the the system of the world, specifically that, that evil, organized earthly system controlled by the evil one and in opposition to all the things of God and the people of God. Now, it's the second meaning of this, the people of the world, that John 3.16 refers to. God so loved the world. That is, he loves the people. He loves humans. He loves all humans, all people who are all created in his image and all are invited to experience the forgiveness of sin and a life in Christ. So that's that second meaning in John 3.16. Well, here in 1 John chapter 2, John's specifically referring to that third meaning. That is, the system of the world. That evil, corrupt system that runs the world, that is controlled by the evil one, that is in opposition to the things of God. 
that's what John is speaking here too. The uh, when he says, "Do not love the world or the things of the world," he's love the thinking of the world, the system of the world, and it's specifically in opposition to God. He says, "If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." So, are you following God in His pattern of thought, His pattern of desires, or are you following the world? Now, verse sixteen, he says. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possession is not from the Father, but is from the world. He's painting a picture of the pattern of thought and desires that permeate the world. He's not giving a total picture of all problems, of all sinful behavior. He's giving types of thinking. The lust of the flesh. What does he mean here? Well, he can mean a lot of things here. What he's actually probably referring to is just that whole idea of seeking physical comfort. The lust of the flesh could be my desire to eat a three-pound bag of M&Ms. That's the lust of the flesh. It's something to satisfy me physically. It could be sexual immorality. It could be just lavishing laziness. Uh, it could be a variety of things. Anything that's looking just for my own physical comfort. The lust of the eyes. What's he referring to here? It could be most anything. I think a great synonym here would be coveting. Wanting that which I don't have. I see something and I want it. Why do I want it? Because I don't have it. And just that desire, feeding that desire to have something I don't have. The pride in one's possessions. I think this speaks well of the idea of materialism. I want stuff. I want more stuff. How much stuff is enough stuff? More than I've got now. Or with money, of uh, the desire for more money. How much money is enough money? I don't know, but I'll tell you when I get there. But there's no way I could ever get there because there would never be enough. Now the words that actually are translated as pride in one's possessions literally mean pride of life. So I think you can even expand that to mean status. Uh, how I want others to view myself. All of this, I think, wraps up neatly under the category of idolatry. Now, what is idolatry? Idolatry is wanting anything to an improper level that it replaces or interferes with my desire for God. There's a lot of a lot of flavors of idolatry that are addressed in the Bible, and I think Tim Keller has uh, has some really good thoughts in here. He he boils things down to four what he calls root idols. These four categories could probably encompass most most all idolatry. He uh, divides idolatry into power, which is a longing for influence or recognition, control, a longing to have everything go according to my plan, comfort, a longing for pleasure, or approval, a longing to be accepted or desired. What John's stating here in verse 16, he's just giving some examples. The idea of idolatry Wanting things for my own comfort, wanting things I don't have, wanting stuff and status. 
those are the, the temptations, the idolatry that draws me away from God and, and lines up with the thinking of the world. He says, these things are not from the Father. These are things that are from the world. And so my choice here is the thinking of the world, the desires of the world, or following God's teaching and desiring God. And he sums things up in verse 17. And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. There's an interesting progression here in verses 15, 16, and 17. He talks about, in verse 15, the love of the world, but he also talks about the love of the Father. In verse 16, he talks about that which comes from the world, but he also talks about that which comes from the Father. Then in verse 17, he talks about the world passing away, but the one who, do, who obeys remains forever. So if we look at progression here, 15, 16, and 17, the love of the world, it comes from the world, but the world passes away. Or the love of the Father, which comes from the Father, and the one who obeys remains forever. One of the problems that John is dealing with is the... Uh, the process of thinking, which is assigning a corruptness to the world, that the physical world doesn't matter. And we want to we just don't worry about what we actually do, what we physically encounter. We just want to be spiritual. And John said, it does matter what you do. And the patterns of the world matter greatly. And we need to instead follow the patterns of God. He's using similar language that James uses in his letter in James 4, 4. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be a friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. James, given the same message here, that you can't love the world and love God. Now, he's not saying the things of the world are evil. That is, physical things. Food is not evil. People are not evil, but it's that pattern of thinking, that pattern that drives our, our passions and desires. The patterns of the world, uh, we learn those from the world. And, and the more we give ourselves over to them, the more they control us versus the patterns of God come from God. And, and the more we follow him, the, the more we desire to follow him. So it comes down to priorities. Because the, the core issue that, that John's warning against here is idolatry. So is my priority God or anything other than God? And having a priority of anything other than God that takes the place of my priority of God is idolatry. So the challenge for us is how do we live out a life of having God as a priority? Well, it's that pattern, if I'm following the patterns of the world, then those patterns are going to grow. They're going to control and they're going to just amplify. But if I'm following God and following his patterns, that's what's going to grow. So it comes down to what am I feeding? Am I feeding the things that drive me to the temptations of the world? Or am I feeding the things that drive me closer to God? Am I feeding on the word of God? Am I spending time with God in prayer? Am I adequately interacting with the people of God? Is my priority to take care of what I want or to find out what God wants? 
Is my priority to satisfy my own desires or to satisfy God's desires? That's the challenge. So when John says, anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's the challenge for me is the internal check there. Am I actually pursuing God at a higher level than I'm pursuing the things of the world? Thanks for joining me. Uh, Join us next time as we continue working through 1 John, and we're still in chapter 2. See you then.